we are being treated unfairly by the SEC refs. Oh my and God. once I get a thousand signatures, I'm going to march into their office and hand them this petition. Who's the, who's the commissioner for the SEC slide? Is it still slide or is it Sankey. Greg Sankey. 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 You did, man. Yeah. Greg Sankey. Episode number 10 of the Role Players. Is that a magic number for us, man? 10? It's got to be. We gotta get, I mean, we gotta, we're here. We're here. We're 10 in. Nobody the FCC Double hasn't digits. find us for anything. We haven't given them reason to. No. Um, very tame. Very tame show. Can't get maybe the chair we, right. Maybe, uh, we're having equipment difficulties here in the studio. Uh, but before we forget, we are the role players. I am Arthur Mosley, and this is... I'm Daniel Allen. We are coming to you recording at 932 Studios somewhere in north central Georgia. Uh-huh. And um, got a full night, so we'll get started. Hope we don't go to, for an hour and 20 minutes. We'll try to try to keep it around an hour for you folks. Trim it down, be pithy. Yeah. Yeah. Be pit, yeah. Efficient. So we're going for efficient. Going to... Look back on the weekend that was in football. Uh, not every game because we'd be here for four hours. So yeah. we're just going to highlight a few games. The games we picked, games we went 4-0 with. We uh, did go 4-0, didn't we? We started this contest, the competition. And then we just dominated. And just, just like that. Yeah. So somebody wants our money. Look, we're 4-0. There's still a chance for you to get and jump into this competition. Uh, yeah, it's total wins. Yeah, it's total wins. So... All you have to do is pick against the spread, right? Which mm-hmm. is against the spread, you have to get that right. You're not picking just winners. Winners against the spread, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit of skill. Uh, we'll put these games out. That, um, well, actually, I haven't put them out yet. We'll get them out after we record. Yeah, so um, by the time you listen, probably already out there. And and for we're, we're going to release, if you're listening, we're releasing this on Thursday instead of on Friday. So you can hear our picks. We'll put them out there. So you don't think we're sandbagging because we're waiting for you to put your picks out. So because we're yeah. not doing that, we just yeah. So all it took for you to to rise up the ranks was a little bit of something on the line. Yeah, yeah. It's like Shaq, you make them when they count. Well, you know, Free you got to you got to play for something. I'm not just yeah. you know, eh, it's kind of not know. pride. No, no. Well, it is pride. Dollar dollar bill. It is, yeah, it is pride. Let's let's look at. Um, Let's look at last week, man. We we there are three games we picked: uh, TCU, West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, LSU, Florida, Miami, Florida State. I and, and, and the pros, Green Bay, Dallas. I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not watch TCU, West Virginia, so I can't tell you anything. Watched a about little it. bit. Okay. Saw Kenny Hill catch a. Is that Kenny Hill or Kenny Trill? Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. Tr- I can't call anybody by a nickname they give themselves. <laughs> so yes, Kenny Hill. Um. So yeah, they keep rolling. Um, we we neglected to pick um, Oklahoma Iowa State. Is that was that a top twenty five matchup? It was it was a um, very evenly matched <laughs> if you throw game. In the 30, I would think so. Yeah, in the thirty point spread, thirty points, right? That's evenly evenly matchup. But yeah, what happened? In, because I thought the big game was TCU, not Trash Can You, Texas Christian, and yeah. West Virginia. Uh, you're telling me something went on with Oklahoma and Iowa State? We're talking we, about basketball, right? I mean, we praised... Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. <laughs> the well. um, we praised uh, Oklahoma for beating Ohio State and said, you know, they finally won the big game. And we were thinking maybe, all right, Lincoln Riley isn't going to have these letdowns and he'll step up for the big games. But ugh, Iowa State... Comes in with their backup quarterback. Yeah. Eh. Not a good, not a good day for Oklahoma. So maybe Oklahoma looking ahead to the Red River, Red River rivalry game in Dallas. Could have been. Um, but Iowa State comes and sneaks in. I say sneaks in. They come in through the front door and get a win, and then uh, plant the cyclone flag mm-hmm. in the middle. Of the uh, is it OU or o- or whatever it is in Oklahoma? Yeah, um, the big paperclip oh, looks like a yes, paperclip. Yes, right. Yes, and uh, now Iowa State is the owner of um, Sooner Stadium or whatever they call it in Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, technically, I guess they are. So a lot of uh, a lot of land changing hands in college football. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of that. We were in Nashville 
in uh, Commodore Stadium or Vanderbilt Stadium, whatever they call it. It's like a, we love going because it's like a high school game. It's yeah. a tiny little stadium. The fans are all very polite and very <laughs> calm and reserved, and it's like sixty percent Georgia fans at least there. So I was in there watching Georgia play Vanderbilt and didn't get to see Iowa State, Oklahoma. Just checked out my phone and saw it up on the scoreboard and. Like, you see the game tied in the fourth quarter, and you just assume, all right, Oklahoma's going to put up two touchdowns and pull away. So, uh, hey, didn't happen. Didn't happen. I didn't get to see it as it happened, but um, big stumble there for Oklahoma, who really, I mean, they have some tests left, but they were sitting in prime position, right? Yeah, they were. Uh, really, the the game we thought that would uh, give them – some trouble, uh, or the team that would give them some trouble, Texas Christian and possibly Texas, uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Texas defense come, rises to the occasion again. Not not so much. And so here we have a muddied up uh, Big 12 uh, with TCU now in the driver's seat in that conference. Um, can they can they hold court? Because right now they, they, they are the team to beat, but can they, can they hold court? Can they run the table? And are they a team that will be considered – uh, in the top four come December. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be... Because they don't have the pedigree. Let's, let's, right. let's be, you know, it's... We, we normally see the... We say power five, but really we don't look at Texas Christian as that... You know, if, if Texas Christian was having this... His name was just Texas, I think that name carries a certain pedigree and a certain weight. Yeah. We, uh, I say we, just the general public would... More margin for error, for sure. So you'd look at, like, if you had a one-loss Penn State team who Mm -hmm. lost by one point uh, to Ohio State or something versus TCU, and you look at it, they got two two ranked teams left on their schedule, one of them being Texas Tech. So the rest of the year, they're not going to have any really big matchups. So so if you've got an undefeated SEC, ACC, say Pac-12, and a one-loss Big Ten champion, and then undefeated TCU, who's – it's hard for me to think that the voters are going to leave a the Big Ten champ right. out because, of, you know, how much love they get. And it's it's a tough conference. So they're going to need to win and, and put up a lot of points, I think, yep. and then just hope that pe- somebody in the Pac-12 stumbles or the ACC or the SEC. Yep. So, but you got to win first off. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you yes, can't yes. look ahead and, and worry about that just because take care of your seen, business, right? Like, exactly. Take care Strange of your business. things happen. So, so uh, we talked Big Twelve. That's more than enough Big Twelve. I want to talk about uh, real quick. I don't want to to stay here too long on this. Uh, Mike Leach and his Washington State Cougars going up to Oregon, and 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 uh, one of the best probably answers to an interview question: uh, Mike Leach trolling Oregon uh, fans and the loudness of their stadium. Uh, we don't have the clip. We don't have rights to the clip, but Google it. Mike Leach answers mm-hmm. questions about Austin Stadium. He's asked, uh, what is it comparable to and how loud has it been? I think he said it was comparable to, um, what did he say? Was it he said Oklahoma's louder. Yeah. He said Nebraska's louder. Yeah. Um, Florida's louder. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Georgia, LSU, one end zone of South Carolina, Tennessee, yep. Arkansas is louder. Yeah. He's basically rattled off like 10, Every, 12 yeah, schools. Yeah, everybody ex- <laughs> except – I think one, at one point he said um, uh, that uh, Mac Tharp Stadium in Colquitt County, Georgia, was louder than Outson <laughs> Stadium. So um, Leach never at a loss for words. And, and really, he's awesome. He's, I've, I've actually watched three of his press conferences this week, and 30 minutes long. And <laughs> <laughs> One was was that one when he was talking about, so he talked about the stadiums being loud. He's, he, they asked him, and he talked about which hamburger he liked best between In-N-Out and Five Guys. He talked about being on Friday Night Lights, and um, and then he talked about his, his idea that for the playoffs, that there should be a 60-14 playoff. Interesting. And he went for 10 minutes about it. Um, I think that we need to get our intern or our producer on Mike Leach and get Mike Leach on our show. We'll have to talk to them to make that happen. That would be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, that's our Pac-12 news for the week. Uh, moving on to, what are we going to do, the, the Mighty SEC or the Mighty ACC? How about the U? The U. Man. It's all about the U. Well, in, one of the, in a tale of two halves, one of the most boring football games, and for a moment I thought I was watching the Florida Gators 
and the Tennessee Volunteers, and then or or LSU in Florida, and I realized it was Florida State Miami, very ugly offensive game in the first half. Three nothing, Florida State takes it in the locker room, and then all of a sudden. Uh, the teams come out with somewhat of an explosion on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami, a three, a, excuse me, a four-point winner over Florida State, twenty-four to twenty, on a game-winning pass from Malik Rozier. And I don't have my stats in front of me. Rozier's game-winning pass to Daryl Langham. Yes, Daryl Langham, an amazing catch, a, a great throw, back shoulder kind of throw, and. Langham makes a great play on the ball. Florida State in man coverage gets beat. Six seconds left. That is great. It's Tavares McFadden, yeah. And uh, to, to get that four-point margin of victory, which I had 28-24. I, so close to the perfect. You, were, you almost had it. Wow. You almost had it. Um, it well, How so, sweet was that? It was great. Uh, let me tell you, going back and forth, as um, we talked about sports superstitions, okay? I, I started watching the game on the TV downstairs, right? The one that's bad luck. At halftime, um, I relinquished my TV so that my family could watch Harry Potter's, one of the Harry Potter movies. I'll go watch it upstairs on the Hurricane TV. And what <laughs> happens? They come out and score a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's magic. You know, it's back and forth, nip and tuck. Florida State scores. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, I get frustrated. I start texting my brother. And I'm like, how come we don't line up in the eye and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, you know, that's coaching philosophy. We talked about how, you know, there's nothing more demoralizing to a team if you can line up, you know, in the eye formation or single back and just run the ball down somebody's mm-hmm. throat and um, a la Alabama. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, nonetheless, nip and tuck back and forth. Two, uh, two plays in that game, I think both teams we talked about, I, I thought kind of difference makers. Miami on, I believe it was a – Third and long, third and 20, uh, Miami, uh, Florida State blitzes, defensive uh, uh, back, a cornerback blitz, Miami, Malik Rozier finds his tight end uh, for about a 30, I think a 33, 34-yard gain down a sideline, keeps the drive alive, uh, allows Miami to go up or continue to, to go up. Of course, Florida State comes back, scores on a busted coverage by the Miami secondary. And then last but not least, the Malik Rozier miracle drive in Doak. Uh, I don't know if that's a, you know, I would have probably have been more satisfied with a 38 to nothing stomping of Florida mm-hmm. State. But uh, I saw a great tweet from one of our listeners, Alex Gorin. He said, give me all your tears, Florida State. And yeah. So that's that's exactly how I feel. It's and Looking back on it, it might be more enjoyable that they were right there on the edge and then you just ripped it away. But, man, the heartburn you go through in those. Yeah, it's it was great. But then the victory afterwards is so sweet. Um, I'm, I'm upstairs jumping around like a, uh, a seven-year-old on Christmas morning. Um, seven years of misery losing to Florida State. Yeah, uh, the road doesn't get easy any easier for Miami as they uh, host Georgia Tech this week, and we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Pesky, pesky. Pesky jackets. Pesky tech. Pesky tech. So what else? What else happened? Then we had a, a game that I did not watch because I was watching Miami. I think I watched maybe two two plays of this. Uh, uh, there was a great interview with Ed Orgeron painted in LSU Tiger face. <laughs> I don't know if CBS picked that up. The internet picked it up, but I don't know if CBS. The thing is, is when you saw that, did, I mean, you can say, oh, that's funny, but a part of you probably thought, did he really paint himself? <laughs> You wouldn't be all that surprised if he did. Yeah, it I, I didn't shock me at all. Um, it, it, you know, it, there was much ado about uh, Matt Canada's pre-snap, pre-snap, excuse me, movement, and mm-hmm. there, it was only about so much of that I could watch. Shift here, shift there. You know, just get up to the line and call the play. Um, Leto had told him to cut out a lot of that, hadn't he? Yeah, he said cut it out, and I think Canada like said that's why you hired me, right? Yeah. So let me he, let me call my yeah. offense. Yep. Another another very dull game in the SEC. Yeah, what was the final of that game? 17-16. What? That halftime? 17-16 in the, at the end of the third quarter, and it remained 17-16 till the end. It's It was just, I mean, not not the most exciting. Like, they used to, man, they used to have some battles. I remember when Miles was there and Urban was there, mm-hmm. and they would go back and forth and, and – Miles would roll the dice on fourth down, and it would just be exciting games. 
and now it's, it's just, kind of blah, right? It's, it's like just, somebody's got to win. I, I will, I will say, uh, I, I believe that's the, the LSU participates in the three thirty game again this week in Death Valley. I am uh, hoping that CBS provides an interpreter for the halftime. Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that may continue continue the uh, CBS. Most of their games have been. You know, kind of blowouts, Snoop, not that yeah. competitive, right? Well, that was, I guess you can consider that competitive, but not entertaining. Yeah, just boring. Yeah, kind of. Just dull. Just right. bad football. Yeah. You'd yeah. like to say, like a 17-16 game, you'd like to say that was a battle of defenses. But no, it's just yeah, bad offenses. Oh, well. Huh. And uh, last but not least, we'll skip to the NFL, man. Green Bay and Dallas. Yeah, and it looked like Dallas was going to run away with that. Yeah. And, and then Rodgers just he does Rodgers Rogers, things. Right. right. Comes comes rushing back. And I had marked that off when I saw the score early and uh, and thought, ah, another NFL game gets us, right? Right. Like the NFL just doesn't matter what we pick. We're well, going to lose you gotta it. you got to bet on Favre. Yeah. <laughs> you got to bet on Favre. And sure enough, Rodgers brings us back Favre. with their backup. What up, Favre? Don't bet on Favre Rogers. Gosh. <laughs> I'm having a memory lapse here. <laughs> Favre has a play for Green Bay. <laughs> oh, I was just going to let you go with it. And uh, he he brings him back. And, um, yeah, it, to, to complete the perfect weekend for us, 4-0. 4-0, perfect weekend. Um, Anything else in the NFL that happened? Yeah, actually, there is something. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is obviously colorblind because he kept throwing the ball to my Jacksonville Jaguars. To the Jags? Uh, you want to talk about a perfect sports weekend for me. Uh, the two teams I love to hate, Florida State in, the, in college football and the Steelers mm-hmm. uh, in the AFC. Um, I've always had disdain for Pittsburgh and watching them melt down and and, and get destroyed, mm. I think is the best way to put that. Absolutely uh, destroyed. Against my Jacksonville Jaguars. Saxonville. Yep. Pixonville. Um, Pixonville, Saxonville. Uh, what a great, great weekend for me. But I also question, how do you lose to the New York Jets? If you're yeah, Jacksonville. That's yeah, tough to do. That's the NFL. It is. That's why we always it's say, like, who knows what's going to happen each week. So, uh, for the first time in, like, forever, Jacksonville is on top of the uh, AFC South. Yeah, and, and Tennessee, notice. Mariota's got a bad hamstring. Mm-hmm. You know, don't know when he's going to come back. Although, it looks like the Texans got a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is absolutely lighting it up. He's, but then on D, they lose J.J. Watt for the gosh. year, Whitney Merciless for the year. How many right injuries there. in that game? How many injuries on, on mm. Monday Night Football? It was just kind of a mash unit out there. And you got to feel for J.J. Watt, the things he means to Houston, uh, his fundraising for the flood victims there, just a really likable guy. Uh, you know, one of these, kind of like Von Miller, him, J.J. Watt, just one of the good yeah. good characters in the NFL, um, done for the year, man. It's, Speaking of done for the year, the New York Giants lose – um, three starting receivers for the year: Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall, and then Odell Beckham, all out for the year. And they go to zero and five. And I mean, Eli looks confused on the sidelines. <laughs> well, Eli was going to look <sighs> confused anyway. So yeah, uh, I mean, maybe they can. I don't know. Pull us. The the, the Giants need something. Is is Derek Jeter available? I mean, I know Jeter. He's a, I know he's uh, a baseball player. Can he do something for the the G man? Not gonna happen. Not going to happen. So, other uh, Mitchell Trubisky stepped in uh, this week, got his first start, got a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else jump out? That's... Chargers got a win. So, not, nothing really. Atlanta was off, so trying to rest up their, yep. their banged-up receiving core and squad, so they'll get back at it. But So, that was yeah, nothing huge in the NFL this week, but your Jags continue their, their dominance over yes. the AFC South. Yes, they do. Uh, before we jump into this week, is is there any other thing? Uh, did any other college football coach make any ridiculous or memorable quotes this week? Um, that you can mm, think of? I heard. I didn't. I mean, nothing that that jumped out more than usual. Um, I was listening to a couple of, of press conference clips earlier while I was getting my leadership reps in, and I didn't. Nothing jumped out to me. Whoa. That's the, 
what can you, you just said leadership reps. Now that's, that's a term that obviously we use here on the show from week in and week out. Yeah, that's leadership. A, a normal. <laughs> that's a so, regular but, here on the show, leadership reps. But can you explain to our listeners what a leadership rep is? Nah, no, no clue. <laughs> no clue. I guess it's like a physical rep except for your lead. But you're not in there getting the rep. Right? No, I think you're on the sidelines. I think the way he explained it, there's a physical rep, there's a mental rep, there's a leadership rep. Right, right. So... Uh, something we're doing here on the show is catching on in Tennessee then, obviously, because mm-hmm. Butch Jones is talking about leadership reps, and we've been taking leadership reps all all season yeah. long. Yeah. So. We, well, I've been doing them for the last seven, eight, nine years now, okay. as I think you have too. Yeah, yeah. And so this is nothing new. And like he said about, uh, like, this is something that, that 99% of coaches use and yeah, say, and, and successful people. Leadership, le- leadership reps. Is that why Quentin Dormady has looked so bad? Because he hasn't taken... That many leadership reps? He, has, he clearly hasn't taken enough. Well. And he, he's apparently thinking of leaving the team now that he's benched. Uh, do you blame him? I don't blame anyone for leaving that team. I mean, I don't believe in quitting midway through the season. I don't think that's good. You know, you, you made a commitment, stick it out during the year, transfer afterwards. You uh, might be able to impress the next coach. Because or, Butch isn't going to. Or you could be the next Brandon Harris. So, mm-hmm. Or Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Yeah. So there's. Maybe. Speaking of quarterbacks, yeah, from the state of Georgia, yeah, from Harrison High School, Justin Fields decided to uh, announce Wait, where he, is he going to Florida State? He well, he was going to Florida State. We were told Penn State by by uh, Florida State fans and Auburn. He was going to Auburn too, and uh, sure enough, a private. Uh, I've never seen this before, so I follow recruiting for this is like you're probably fifth, yeah, fifteen for me, and. Um, I've never seen this, so Justin Fields announces, hey, I'm announcing my commitment tomorrow at my pep rally. Mm-hmm. So all the media rushes there, because he's the number one player in the country by, by most services. And they all rush there, and then the principal says, hey, but no, media is not allowed out here. This is just for students and faculty and family. So they're out on the football field. <laughs> one of the 20,000 reasons that I hate Harrison High School. I'm going on record <laughs> saying I hate Harrison High School. So, so, so the media's all there. So one one reporter from uh, from Rivals goes into the woods in a nearby neighborhood where he can hear the pep rally and records audio of it. And then a helicopter, Fox Five has a helicopter over the pep rally, just watching. And I'm like, they have it live streaming on their on their website. And of course, I'm watching it, which is like I'm watching a helicopter view. It was like the OJ chase. Helicopter view of a high school pep rally, and they're just doing pep rally stuff, you know. So it's like ten minutes of just watching the team kind of mull around and people, and then he pulls off, you know, he pulls off his jersey and he has a Georgia jersey underneath. So, so Georgia stars don't mean anything. I mean, they do. People say they don't, but the the first school in the modern recruiting era to have three five star quarterbacks year after year after year, which I had. I don't know how you keep three of them on on the same team and happy, but that's a good problem to have. So I just just wanted to point out for the you know it's a it's a great problem to have for Georgia. Uh, one of the, one of the things that I heard uh, this week was that look now you got a, a quarterback in Fields he coming in he's coming in early uh, have a chance to learn the offense and he gives you uh, you can do some special things with him as a freshman he doesn't have to take a hundred percent of the snaps maybe yeah. you get a, a co- you do like the Tebow yeah and and get him get his feet wet Georgia hadn't had a, a real running threat at quarterback since Shockley in 05. Right. So it's a it's refreshing to to me, to, to most fans, I think. And Kirby said all along uh, he would prefer a dual-threat quarterback. So, I mean, Fromm can move a little bit, uh, but he's not a runner. Yeah. Fields runs like a 4-5-1. So. Yeah. So, we're not going to spend all our time talking about Georgia recruiting. But let's <laughs> I don't talk, think, yeah, I don't think yeah. you want to do that. But let's talk about Georgia's football schedule. One of the things that I, I, I kind of had to take a look back, I'm looking at the schedule – Looking at the, the Georgia Bulldogs sit at uh, 6-0. 6-0. 6-0 and currently. Uh, we're not going to chalk up any wins to Missouri just yet. Uh, 6-0. and uh, They've got Missouri, Florida, and the largest cocktail party in the South, if they're if we're even allowed to say that anymore. Uh, we're allowed they, to say it. CBS okay. is not. Okay. And then you've got uh, South Carolina coming into Athens. They travel to Auburn, maybe their biggest test. We don't yeah. want to overlook Florida, but we, we – I'm, all I'm saying is the cards are starting to look really good for the Georgia Bulldogs. It's setting up. It's setting up potentially very well, but there's still the uh, 
well, Florida has always, for whatever reason, you know, very difficult for us. I kind of think, I mean, that was a completely different staff and everything in the past that, that had issues down there. I'm I'm not as worried about Florida. Auburn, that that's probably the, the biggest test left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do what you're supposed to do, you get to play King Kong, right, in Atlanta. Oh, you'll be playing Auburn again. Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. You'll be playing Auburn. Sticking to that? I am st- <laughs> okay. Well, it very well could happen. I mean, their their offense is getting improving. And there's a re- there's a reason why you'll be playing Auburn again. We'll talk about it in our wild card. All right. Yeah. Uh hey, Auburn, by the way, after the Clemson loss when we were telling everybody don't overreact and your season's not over. It's just a loss to one of the best teams in the country. That's why, because now you're rolling and, uh, you know, everything's right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Georgia, I was, there's there's kind of, Georgia fans are all, have been scarred so much, so there's this kind of hesitation to get overly excited or or think, it's kind of to downplay, well, who have we played? Well, we haven't played. We don't know if Notre Dame's any good. So so it was, are you going to go up on the road against Notre Dame and win a big game? Yeah, okay. Well, now you got Mississippi State coming in, and that's a trap game. Can you win that? Okay, you crush them. Well, right. now you've got to go to Tennessee. Can you win that? That'll really show me. So you go crush them. Well, you could have a letdown game against Vanderbilt. So you crush them. And and it's and a lot of them are still saying, well, I don't know who we've played, and blah, 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 and, and worried. Uh ESPN had a stat today that sh- that that popped up. It was like a blind resume, the opponent winning percentage, and and people are thinking, well, Alabama, we haven't been tested like Alabama. Well, Alabama, their opponent's win percentage is right at fifty-seven percent. Okay. So Clemson's at sixty-four. Georgia's at seventy-two, higher than them. Mm-hmm. So two wins against top twenty-five teams. Alabama has one win against top twenty-five teams. Their strength of schedule is seventeenth. Georgia's is nineteenth. So there's this this. Kind of this, I think it's just years, of, like I said, of being burned to, to think, well, we, let's just wait and see. Well, if we can beat Florida, if we can beat Auburn. But I, they've done as much. You can only play who's on your schedule, that's right? It. That's and, it. And you win in a convincing, dominating way like you should. That's all you can do. Yep. So, I mean, they, they we haven't had a, a huge marquee matchup, but have done as just about as much as anybody else has, I would say, outside of Clemson. Yeah. So Georgia, just keep winning week by week, just and keep uh, winning, just keep improving at quarterback. There you go. That's it. Um, so that's that's. I did want to mention that. Uh, kudos to the Bulldogs for that victory uh, against Vandy, the, the Commodores. Yeah, and uh, good luck this week against Missouri. That's all right. Let's go to this week's games, shall we? Can we? Let's do it. We, we want to start out west and then work our way back to the south, Midwest, Southwest. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into that because I'm 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 torn here because Texas, you know, I have been big on them and have pointed towards that game and kept telling myself I was going to pick Texas all year, but then it comes around and the lines there, and Oklahoma just lost and that now I'm I'm not feeling as good about that one. So here's the problem, right? That the thing that in sports I think you think about is when you have a loss against maybe any team, you don't want that loss. You don't want that team to beat you twice. Yeah. For instance, you don't want to have that hangover loss. Um, I don't know if if Oklahoma's that team. I don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you. They looked like the team that was world beaters when they beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Texas seems like a big game team to me so far this season. The one two big games they had, they um, save for Maryland. Yeah. Uh, God Almighty. That line is Oklahoma eight point favorite. All right, Texas is getting eight points. Uh, Mayfield, just a couple of stats to throw out. Baker Mayfield, over 1,600 yards passing, 13 TDs. 15 TDs, excuse me, has not thrown an interception. No picks. Uh, I think Texas defense changes that. I think they can get after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Rushing-wise, Oklahoma is led by freshmen out of Sprayberry High School, Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. All right, he's, he's got Big uh, boy. 373 yards and three touchdowns. He leads a, a kind of a three, four-headed back by committee at Oklahoma running back. Um, the Texas defense, stingy at times, but other times kind of suspect. Oklahoma's a high-powered offense. We saw what Texas's defense did against uh, USC. We don't know how good USC is now. Yeah, right that's now. the thing. So kind of hard um, to tell now. 
I, you know, my original thought, uh, you know, my, my comment was it's either going to be a shootout or a blowout. And I guess that's not saying a whole lot here, but, um, I feel like Oklahoma rebounds. They go into Dallas, the Texas State Fair, and send uh, the Texas fans home crying with tears in their beers. I've got Oklahoma 30, Texas 17. 17. So I feel wrong for doing this after pumping Texas up so much. But I'm with you. I think think that's Mayfield and that offense, especially coming off a bad loss, is – is higher power than or won't make as many mistakes as USC did right and um, I don't think Texas can keep up scoring wise I don't think they can keep up with Oklahoma so I'll give Texas or Oklahoma 34 Texas 24 is as as tough as that is for me to say (laughs) not quite there yet with Tom Herman not quite there yet you don't have a Baker Mayfield that's that's the key so working on it yeah. Was it Sam Ellinger? Yeah, they, they played Bouchelle. Oh, so they're going Their back Their last forth. game, so I don't know. Oh, okay. So where, where do you want to move to next? SEC, ACC? Let's let's get the SEC game out of the way. Because the ACC game is probably more important to people like you and some listeners. So um, let's get the, the Battle of the Tigers out of the way. So we go we, uh, 330 CBS game, Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. The Auburn Tigers against the LSU Bengal Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Auburn does LSU stand a chance here? Uh, yes. Do until, they have until they kick off? Until they kick off? Yes, and then the, they so, got the tiger, the real tiger, Mike the tiger, right? Is it Mike? Is yeah, it, is that yeah, the real Mike. tiger? Uh, have you seen the digs for the LSU tiger? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh, it's like it's it's beyond like zoo quality. He's he's got like a three. Four million dollar compound on Does campus. He, yes, yes, he, he's probably the best kept tiger. And then Peta wants is Peta is so upset about this tiger's surroundings. I'm like, they treat this guy like a yeah king. What's uh huh? I don't know. I'm I'm an animal lover myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, have a have an animal, have a dog. Mm-hmm. Used to have some cats. Um, never had a tiger. Thought about catching one that was running loose in Atlanta, but um, yeah, they, that, that didn't, didn't work out. They shot out. it first. Yeah, they shot it first. So um, that's mm, the best thing LSU's got is their yeah. mascot. Yeah, and their and their home field advantage. So that'll help them out. You know, that's a can rowdy a, place. Can we get a stat on LSU's home field advantage? Because they don't lose at night, right? And they ended up losing to yeah. freaking homecoming to. Troy, right? Yeah. And not like the men of Troy from USC, like Troy is in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's just what you say. What is, what is it everybody throws out? Oh, okay, so home field advantage, that's three points right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's just um, mm, that's going to be two, tough, yeah. man, to score on that Auburn defense with Danny Etling. And... Well, you got two banged up running backs, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Carry on Johnson. I'm sorry, that's Auburn. Yeah. Uh, Geis. Darius Geis. Who didn't do much last week. And Daryl Williams, excuse me, both yeah. banged up. Uh, they will play. I've, I've been told they will play, but... Um, but how effective will they be against the nasty against, front seven? So we don't think Auburn has to score that much. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I would think you get three scores on the board, you're probably feeling pretty good. Yeah. You're probably looking at... So Auburn is a... I believe that was a three-point favorite. I don't have the line on here. Um, God, that's not much. Is that what I sent you? Three point favorite for Auburn. Well, let's check. Or it was maybe let's it was check five and, and a half. No, it was seven. Seven points. Excuse me. That sounds a little better. Uh, seven point Auburn favorite. I tell you what, I am buying into the three points at home. Uh-huh. Uh huh. BS. All right. Uh huh. I, I think Auburn is head and shoulders a better team. I think there is LSU will play with a little bit of pride at home. It won't be enough. I've got Auburn twenty eight. LSU 23, uh, Auburn does not cover. Wow, I didn't see that coming. No, it's right there on the paper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, hadn't see, I hadn't seen that. I didn't see your notes. You gotta, oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, 
hey, I that's they they might be able to keep stick around and keep it that close. I don't think they can. I don't think they can score that much. I think uh, I'll give Auburn twenty eight points and I'll give LSU thirteen. So easily cover. Okay. Easily cover. So we deviate. We do. So no one can accuse us of collusion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So last but not least in college football, um, the U. Georgia Tech traveling to Miami to take on the Hurricanes, a game that was originally scheduled to be played this Thursday, canceled because of the hurricane. They had to move the Florida State game around. Uh, Miami, the thing that stuck out to me about Miami on this past Saturday is they struggled against the run. Uh, Florida State's running backs is Jacques Patrick and uh, Mr. Cam Akers. Thank you. Well, maybe the best running back, one top one, two running back prospects coming in the country. Had a big game, big day against Miami. Unfortunately for Florida State, they were unable to really cash in a lot of those big yards. Uh, Georgia Tech, I believe, the number two ranked rushing team in the country coming in this game. You've like got, they always are. Yeah. Uh, you've. Here's a stat I thought was interesting. Taquan Marshall has only attempted 33 passes this season. Uh, he's rushed for 523 yards. Cavante Benson has rushed for 476. Uh, as a team, they've rushed for 1,500, over 1,500 yards. Um, one of the things I think Miami is going to have to be conscious of, they're going to have to, uh, when they get the ball in the red zone, punch it in for touchdowns. You can't really afford to get behind on a Georgia Tech defense that just eats up time of possession on their drives. I mean, their offense is designed. Yeah, this is just designed to you know wear one wear you down, but to keep your offense off the field so you yeah. can score quickly. Tire D down. Absolutely, that's that's Mark Ricks had a lot of success against them over his career, though yeah. as a head yeah. coach. It's just a question of are they? Do you think? Miami offensively, are, will they be able to produce enough? How big of a deal is Walton? Well, I'd say uh, Walton was com- was really ineffective against a very athletic, uh, maybe the second, well, I don't know, because second, third best defensive front seven in the country at Florida State. You just got some um, big dudes up there. Walton, you can tell he wasn't 100% in the game. Late in the game, Travis Homer came in, ripped off a couple of big runs. So maybe he's got a little bit more explosiveness. We were just missing, you know, there was, you know, Walton was trying to bounce the ball outside, credit to Florida State because they just have team speed, but he just couldn't turn the corner and make things happen. Gets his ankle rolled up on, he's out for the season. Um, I think Miami cannot solely rely on the pass. They will have to mix some uh, some run in. The, the difference in with Malik Rozier for Miami is that he is a quarterback who can run out of that uh, zone read offense uh, on those zone read plays. So he adds a additional threat to pull the ball out of the belly of the back and then sprint the other way. I think he hurt Florida State a couple of times on a couple of big runs uh, this past Saturday. So that I think we might see more of that, just a kind of a change of pace. But uh, Travis Homer will probably get the lion's share of the catches. Braxton Berrios may have had his coming out party yeah. uh, for the Canes, a couple of touchdown receptions and – uh, well, you know, we'll we'll see if uh, if Miami can win back to back. I guess big games in the ACC. This game, yeah, it is. It really Absolutely. puts some. You know, you, you win this game and you, you you almost alleviate a lot of pressure. The Virginia Tech game maybe is not as daunting as it uh, as it would be, um, but nonetheless, one one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Six point line. Uh, I'm I've got I've got that's to me that's a lot of points. It is. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. For Miami, I think this game is going to be a lot closer. Uh, I'm changing my prediction as we speak. Um, no. no. Hey, you talk about looking at I just wrote that down. Uh, I'm changing my you prediction. You can change your prediction. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. I mean, you can if you want. You can. All I'm right. just saying I just well, wrote my, my prediction is that now that Miami will not cover, I think – this line is probably better at three and a half points and not six points, as we saw early. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've got Miami winning this game a little bit closer, uh, 27-22 over Georgia Tech. So you did have them covering. What changed your mind? Uh, the fact that Miami is coming off of a big win, it's emotionally missing Mark Walton, mm-hmm. and and just the beating that that 
defense took um, uh, from a running attack. Now I understand that's two different running styles. You know, Georgia Tech's yeah. going to line up and try to beat you on the edge and, and maybe try to use Miami's team speed against them. But fundamental sound defense um, beats that, yeah. that, uh, that offense. Yeah, I, I trust and I, I, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think Miami will win, but I don't think they'll – I don't think they'll cover the six. Um, I think Rick will will continue his success against against Paul Johnson and the triple option. And Manny Diaz will hold them relatively in check. I mean, you never completely hold them in check, but right. but I've got Miami twenty seven, <laughs> Georgia Tech twenty four. All right, I've seen that score before somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you just so for those Art originally had a score. And he just, I wrote, I write down 27 24. And then I look over and Art is scratching out his score and writing down 27 24. <laughs> so for the sake of not having the exact same score, he changed it to 27 22. So it, to score 22 points, how are they going to do that? So Georgia Tech is down 27 to 13. Mm hmm. 27 14. Okay, late in the game. They've got to they score a touchdown that makes it 27-20. Paul Johnson for some reason goes for two. And um, they get it. Okay. And in the ball game. And Miami's able to grind out the clock. Why would he go for two in that situation? If you're down seven, why would you go to well, maybe, two to maybe get maybe it's twenty seven seven and early that made sense. I've just yeah. you rarely see a twenty two as a score prediction. I like it. It could happen. It could anything's possible, yeah. right? Anything is possible. Well, you'd be you'd be celebrating that, I think. Um, especially Saturday, just especially, to get that game out of the way because yeah. those are just playing against them. It's always just kind of it's just annoying. Here's the me. problem: is that I won't see redheaded Jenna in church on Sunday because I've got to travel to D.C. for work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Jenna, if you're listening, uh, once Miami does beat Georgia Tech. Um, don't think I'm hiding from you or I'm sparing you. I just had to be out of town for work. I will find you, and you will hear about it. You could uh, be sparing yourself if things go south. Oh, she'll find me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. She might show up on the plane just to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that. That's it for college, huh? That's it. One NFL game on the books. Yeah. All right. This line has since moved, uh, but Bovada had this line at 11 on Tuesday night, so that's what we're going with. Miami, Dolphins. Jay Cutler, who has been awful. Awful. And their offensive line coach. Bit of a stir this week as he, the video of him snorting some white powder and talking to a girl. And now he's gone. He resigned, yeah, he right? He is gone. He's gone, right? Resign. Why do you even let him resign? Uh, save face. So, that's an interesting situation. Hey, Dolphins, if you're looking for an old line coach, I know a guy. In any event. points. 11 points to me. Anything in the NFL that's double digits, I just stay way away Sucker from. Sucker bet, huh? I just stay this? way away so from. So, we, we took the bait. Yeah, and that was eight and a half points the two weeks ago. Right. The Bills and Atlanta, but the Bills were more kind of built to match up better against the Falcons, I think, um, than the Dolphins, who I'm not sure who they're built to match up against. With their D is solid. The Jets. And, yeah. The Giants, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they they scored a last second touchdown against the Jets, and that was their only. Uh, they lost like twenty to six yeah, or that's something. Right. So, um, yeah, not sure yet who Jay Cutler rides out of retirement and uh, has really done nothing to, to make us think he should have come out of retirement. Um, Do you realize that Jay Cutler and Marquan Manuel, who Marquan Manuel is a defensive coordinator for the Falcons now, they were teammates in Denver. Did you realize that? No. Yeah, they were. That's cool. I guess. <laughs> so Atlanta, I think they'll, they'll, they'll come out. You you're, you had the loss. You got banged up. You had the bye week to rest up. Uh, game plan. I think they'll they'll win this one, and it won't be all that difficult. But I don't. I can't give eleven points. So we can't do it. So you think that uh, maybe this is the week they win by eight points? Eight point. You know what? I'll give them. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them eight points. I'll give Atlanta twenty-eight, and I'll give. It's, it's hard to find twenty points for Jay Cutler and their offense. <laughs> so that's the, that's the thing. 
Um, twenty-eight twenty. Twenty-eight twenty. Just because the twenties, just a, I don't, I really don't think Jay Cutler could score twenty points if they played eight quarters against Atlanta. But for the sake, for the sake of just randomly throwing out a number, like blindly throwing a dart, I'll give them twenty points. On on my list of least favorite NFL teams, it kind of goes like this: the Steelers, mm-hmm. the Cowboys. The Titans and the Falcons for some reason. I've mm-hmm. always hated the Falcons. And so I know that my history with picks is that if I pick a team, they lose, right? Mm-hmm. And because I don't like the Falcons, um, I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick good them to tactic. cover. That's a good tactic. And they'll get upset by the Dolphins. Straight I up? I, 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 I think they'll get upset. So Straight up? Straight up. So I'm picking Atlanta to absolutely blow Miami out, okay? We're talking like 35, Give us a big, 35 big 13, 38, 13. Okay? I like it. 11 points is not enough for Miami. Jay Cutler is horrible. He, yes. I mean, the the fact that they, they the Dolphins go on the Wildcat and Jay Cutler is going out at receiver and looks like the most disinterested yeah. person in the world. It's like Hands uh, on craps that Jay Cutler gives. Zero about anything. He's always been one of my least favorite players in the league. He's just so smug. Salty. Like, why? Salty. Yeah, he just he just has no he has no reaction to anything. He's just always got kind of a gloomy look on his face. He never really shows any emotion. Yeah, uh, man, I was glad when he left. And then they were gonna put him in a booth, a TV booth, which seems strange. Maybe he's Mr. different Mr. off the field. I'm yeah. telling you, if I was, uh, I guess I'm built like a free safety. Maybe if I was muscular, I would love to come on a safety blitz. Is there such thing as a safety blitz? I'd be yeah. like, Coach, can I just nail this guy? Yeah. I just I would love to take Jay Cutler and drill him and bury him in Soldier Field, Alltel Stadium, Everbank Field, whatever. Would you be wearing a Jacksonville jersey Absolutely. in that dream? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'd get up and then you know how the like the uh when the receivers score, running back score, they jump up and the offensive lineman grab him by the pads and host him up, right? Mm-hmm. I would sack him and then I'd turn around and run and jump and Clayus Campbell would just take me and just Shoot me into the air, and um, <laughs> I have several and various sundry celebration moves that I would do right over Jay Cutler's crippled body <laughs> in the in the middle of Jacksonville. Uh, uh, can I seems stand like that guy? Seems like you've gone through this uh, this dream before. There's just, no, there's <laughs> just well some, thought out. Well, there's just some people that I would love to yeah, face. Cool. Like I, I would love to uh, be a relief pitcher and come in and strike out Barry Bonds. Or Bryce Harper, um, mm. I'd love to mow those guys down. Um, I'd like to hit Jay Cutler, um, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton. Uh, I, you know, Cam just doesn't doesn't bother you. Doesn't bother me. You know, I, you know, I saw something on. You know, people were so outraged by his comment about women, and I get it. All right, he should he should have a little a little respect for the reporter. She's trying to do a job. But the same people that are outraged about Cam had no problem with Donald Trump saying he would grab women by the beep. Yeah. So, WTF? I mean, it's just. It's I like, was more outraged by his frosted goatee. Or some of the clothes that he wears. Like yeah. that's outrageous. Tries way to too me. hard. Yeah. He's not, somebody like that shouldn't need attention that much. To I mean, me. he's just go out and do your job, Cam. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's hey, by Cam it, I, I, I think it's great, and I, I do want to say this. I think it's great that uh, women have the ability to ask intelligent questions or or are in tune with sports. I think that's really cool to have. We have a, a colleague at work, and she is while she sees things through Ohio State colored glasses, she has an opinion, she knows what's going on. It's not like, I mean, it's just. I don't want to say just one of the guys because she's a girl, but it's like, hey, anybody can have a conversation about sports. We're not. And let's be honest. The majority of those beat writers are not people that have played the game at any high level. No. You Men look at them. Included. Men included. Right. You look at them. They are uh, most of them. You would you would think would be on a chess team rather than the glee club. I feel right. So it's not it's not like you're looking out at at the most brilliant sports minds based on experience. 
So, yeah, and it's not like, to also to that extent, it's not like these athletes and football is some complex, brilliant game that these masterminds with high IQs have to understand. Right. It's really simple. And we like to make it sound seem like it's, there's all this genius behind it and Belichick and all this, all this scheme, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're lining up, you beat the guy in front of you. It's not that simple. So, I don't know, I don't demeaning somebody for asking a question about routes, which the route tree is not that big to begin with. I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, you ready to jump into the wild card? Let's do it. We're picking on Alabama. Roll Tide, yeah. So you set this up for me, okay? Because you sent me a text. Yeah, with a link to a petition. All right, so I thought I was signing a petition against uh, the cheering for your conference. I I thought that's what it was. I was really excited because I was going to... started that? Yeah, I I was going to sign that. I was going to distribute it to all of our 20 Mm -hmm. followers and and all my other followers on my other Twitter pages, whatever, Facebook and all that good stuff. And then I open the link, and it's a petition from Alabama football fans. I'm thinking, well, what are they? Are they petitioning to have Nick Saban in the Hall of Fame? Are they petitioning to have the national championship played in this great state of Alabama? No. What are they petitioning about? They're petitioning because they are so unfairly treated in some of their eyes by the SEC refs that that is. <laughs> <laughs> They petitioned the SEC head of officials and the commissioner, and I don't even remember the phrasing of it, but it was basically like, Bama is treated unfairly in every game. This is proven because last year against Clemson, we had eight penalties for 65 yards, and they had three for 35 yards. And then it's like, well, Bama's all, it it makes no sense. Like, you don't, Alabama fans, you don't really get to complain about anything. You don't. You've had it so good for the last seven, eight, nine years now. You don't get to complain about and officiating. Like I can't remember the last time I saw Alabama in a game get a holding call on their offensive line or more than one. They they don't. They're not a heavily penalized team. We played Notre Dame and we had twelve penalties for 120 something yards. I briefly complained about that, but I don't. I wasn't going to go out and petition a league, which is. <laughs> So his goal was 1,000 signatures, right? and he would march to the SEC office and deliver this petition. Like march as in like because Alabama's civil rights have been violated? I don't know what what it is, but so, so he can, want, apparently in his this guy's mind, and this all started on an Alabama message board, in his mind, 1,000 signatures would create enough influence and, and to be able to take that to the SEC. He would give it to him, the SEC commissioner and head of officiating would look at it and say you know what these thousand people this is true we need to be more favorable to bama can i read the the yes can I, yes can I please, please do so, because it's not really a so a mastery of grammar so this is uh off of the petition site.com uh, in sec officials anti-alabama prejudice now yeah so ricky g is the author ricky g ricky g he's man that's a bama from, name he's probably from coleman if I had to guess, um, maybe Opelika. Who knows? Numbers do not lie. The University of Alabama football team has been put in a position that lasts in the last several years, where not only it not only must face an opponent each Saturday during the regular season SEC play, but also must unjustly face and overcome obviously biased officiating as well. This petition is meant to be the collective voice of Alabama fans worldwide, as well as fans of the game that desire to see fair and unbiased officiating, not only for games that feature the Alabama Crimson Tide, but for all SEC games across the board. Mm -hmm. The Southeastern Conference has gained a reputation for having the worst officiating in all of the NCAA. It is time for us to band together and call upon Steve Shaw, Greg Sankey, and others within the SEC to make a change. In 2016, we were we ranked 132 out of 132 in penalties against nationally. I don't know what that means. No, against nationally. Okay, that's what it says. So so far this year, we are 127 to 130. To further illustrate this, in 2015, we we're only 54th, and we won a national championship. See what's going on. Here? <laughs> 
I do, as too many others, and enough <laughs> is enough. Hang on, I'm not done yet. This, the link for this data was provided to me by Abrel, A-B-R-E-L. Who, who is a who message is the, board handle? Who is the leader of SEC officiating stats? Thank you very much, Abrel. And a thank you goes out to her. And it could have been April. I don't know. April. Maybe that's okay. So, and a thank you goes out to her for the information and her continued support for UA Athletics. The time is now. Join us. Sign the petition and make a stand for Alabama football. Once enough signatures have been gathered, this position will be delivered to the SEC headquarters. Are you kidding me? I it it was very difficult for me to that's make a stand. Let's let's go back. Okay. Let's go back. Cuz most people probably probably were a little lost here as I was. In 2016, we ranked 132 out of 132 in penalties against nationally. So far this year, we are 127 of 130. To further illustrate this, in 2015, we were only 54th and we won a national championship. <laughs> See what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, no, no one has a clue what's going on there. What are you, t- what are you talking about? That's just. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, you know what? I think first so off, well? didn't Ohio State win the title in 2015? No. Or was that 14? Did Bama no. win it two years in a row? Uh, because Clemson no, won it last it? year. Bama was and Bama Auburn? in 16. Was it Auburn in 15? Man, we're we're. We're losing it. Maybe I'm pretty sure it was Urban Meyer. Urban Cryer has not won a national title at Ohio State, I don't think. Yeah, he has. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. He beat Alabama in the semifinals. And then Cardell Jones won it. We're going to the tape right now. 2015. Ohio State Buckeyes, 42. Oregon Ducks, 20. Yes, so Bama did not win the 2015 National Championship Uh, anyways. I think he probably referred to the 2015 season that culminated in 2016. Okay, so. But anyways, that that doesn't make any, I've got to repeat this one more time. In 2016, we ranked 132 out of 132 in penalties against nationally. So far this year, we are 127 of 130. To further illustrate this. In 2015, we were only 54th, and we won a national championship. See what's going on here. It's a conspiracy. C-O-N-spiracy. <laughs> and once again, thank you to Abrel, A-B-R-E-L-L, the leader in penalty statistics for the Southeastern Conference. Let me tell you something. The leader in penalty statistics. When, when I, for those of you who don't know, not that it matters, I, I coach... Freshman basketball, one of the local high schools here, right? Yeah. One of the things I always tell my guys coming into the season, it's like, you're playing against seven guys out there, okay? Five opponents and two referees. And I don't want to hear you complain about a referee because now you know that you have to do everything right or they're going to call a foul on you. And when they do call a foul, it's a foul. You just freaking get back to the line and go do your job. Yeah. You know, nine times out of ten, when you commit a penalty, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's not. There are mistakes. You know, referees make mistakes. They're human. Mm-hmm. And I think any any team from any conference could complain about officiating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was watching the. I, I thought the official, the ACC officials, did a horrible job missing some blatant calls against Miami. A couple of uh, calls that could have gone Florida State's way. I just thought, hey man, these guys did a did a horrible job of officiating in some key moments. We see it week in and week out, not just in college, but in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so to think... It's that, hard. It's not easy. Right. And you have a human replay. But, I mean, come on. So let's get a petition. Don't whine about... You haven't even lost a game this year. First off, you, you've been destroying everyone. The Bama fans already complain enough about last year against Clemson, where they call it a pick play. It's a rub play. Whatever. As Dabo said... It was a touchdown is what it was. That's right. <laughs> and so it, that's just just shut up. You you you've been the king of the hill here. You're you're in this dominant run. You have everything going for you. Stop whining. Why are you whining about officials at this point? And and you're you're biased officiating and then these stats which I don't even know what those the, those mean. 
nobody really knows what it means. And then to think that you're you're gonna get this petition, and what is it? What is it gonna do? I mean, what is it? <laughs> if you're Sankey and you're I'm taking that position at the I'm headquarters, going to the and, and I'm I'm taking a big steamy dump right on top. Yeah, of that and Harvey Updike walks in with a printed out online petition from 1,000 screen names. What? What? Are you, I would mean, you would just I would laugh and this send is, them back down the interstate. This is why. This is one of the reasons why I cannot stand Alabama. I, I enjoy watching them, and I know you say it's boring, but I enjoy watching them line up and just beating the crap out of people. Okay, mm-hmm. this. That methodical, I, I hate it that they do it year in and year out because it gets old after a while. Yeah, it gets stale. But their fans are so spoiled. Yeah, so, 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 so Can so we spoiled. please remind them of what life was like with Mike Shula? Mike Shula, Mike Price. Some, anybody, somebody. It wasn't, it wasn't wonderful. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, and this is not, this is not going to happen again. For the, I can't see a run like this happening. Uh, Saban's not going to be here for too much longer. You're not just going to... And they're probably arrogant enough at this point to think that they're just going to go pick Dabo or somebody and they're just going to keep it rolling. But no, you're not. It's kind of like the... I, I, I liken that. You, you have these dynasty runs. The Braves did it in the 90s with... Uh, was it 14 consecutive? Yeah. 14, 15 consecutive... USC had a good little run with Pete Carroll. Right. Um, the U had a good little run. In, in the 90s, but you don't... FSU had a good run. You just don't win national titles year in and year out. There's just uh-uh. too much competition. There's only one national title winner. There's a lot of great teams and one national title winner. And these spoiled brat Alabama fans who come out of the woodworks and complain about officiating ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, and a lot of them have been fans their whole life since it, since 2008. So, <laughs> you know... And a lot of flags popped up in 2008, 2009 around the metro Atlanta area. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, they even, you know, Alabama even has a billboard on 85. Do they? Yeah, they do. They had one. Um, so you, you, you win a title and then you lose in the title game and, and you're, you're started off, you're, you're ranked number one right now and you're going to go online and gripe to the point that you're going to type that you know, essay there and, and create an online petition. I've never thought about creating an online petition for anything. Nothing? Much less sports officiating. I don't know about you. No. I don't know how many petitions you've created in your lifetime. I think I've only signed one petition, and that was to get a friend of mine on the ballot for an election. Uh-huh. Uh, and that I thought that was legitimate. Something collect, that matters? Yeah, you had to, it was a local election. You had to collect a certain amount of signatures, and I was like, hey, I... I I'll back you. I'll, I'll get you on that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm voting for you, but I, I would like to see your name on the on the, the ballot. Um, but this is this is just absolutely absurd. We're we're talking about so um, when um, Bo Scarborough goes to bed at night. Do you think he's thinking about April and her statistics? He's probably thanking the Lord for her. Yeah. That she. Um, that she's out there fighting the good fight right. that, that he can't, right. giving right. her, him and his team and the worldwide Alabama fans a voice, <laughs> a voice on the internet. Because of, Yeah, if you're worried about that, uh, Saban would probably call that rat poison. Rat poison. Yes, rat, that was one of the great quotes from this week, mm-hmm. is reading, reading this rat poison, listening to the media, rat poison. And then Lane Kiffin, did you see him trolling them? No, I didn't. He, he tweeted out, Media stop! Media stop with stop! Stop uh, building up FAU or something. We're not the conference. Unit. That's rat poison. Hashtag Bama. Hashtag something. And it, it's oh, Saban. Hey, hey, what's the Lane doing? Lane he, stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a turkey. <laughs> so Bama, yeah, Bama fans. That's why so many people think you're crazy, and you know, and I mean, not you're not all crazy, and every fan base has a crazy segment, and Lord knows there's plenty of dumb Georgia fans out there but come on online petitions and like I said he he said he needed a thousand signatures and this afternoon when I sent it to you he was close he was at 62 which is like 60 more than he should have gotten so idiot whatever your name him and Abril I forgot Ricky G Ricky Ricky G probably from Coleman doesn't even uh, use his real name, his full name on there. 
What do you expect? Uh, this is a petition by Ricky G. He's 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 creating a little bit of a, a, a stir out there. We right. need to quell this. Right. Let's yeah, take out Ricky G. It's oh my gosh, what a joke. Oh Lord, have mercy. Well, that's all I got, man. I did want to touch base on that because I wanted to talk about how ridiculous is that. That's Ricky G is not a code name for JB, is it? I don't think so. Okay, I just want to make sure. Well, we, I, I don't know. We have a Bama friend who. Yeah. He's passionate, but I don't think I don't, he would. He no, would he's he's a lot smarter than he that. He is. He is good. Good fella. Good fella. That's all I got, man. I'm I'm excited about these games. The season's halfway over. Can you believe it? Can you believe sad it? Sad to sad to think about. Season's halfway over. Six weeks have gone by. I'm just trying to soak up each week and not think about the future. You know, worry about well when we play Auburn, when we play. You know, just just enjoy each week. Each week yeah. You know, it's like live in the moment, enjoy the moment. Yeah, you know, cheer your team on. It's a long season. It's, it's tough to go undefeated. There yeah, gonna be some ups and downs, but enjoy it. I mean, we we've been treated to some pretty good games, and yeah. hopefully, we get Gus Johnson back for a oh, yeah. uh, for a late night game for sure. We will guarantee we will. So uh, that's all I got. We that's it. Be, get us those picks. Yeah, get, y'all. get, get us picks those picks. In. Follow us on Twitter. You know where to find us at the Role Players One on Twitter. Uh, this will be out on. Uh, iTunes and also we'll we'll post links to SoundCloud. Share with your friends if they need a laugh. We think some of the stuff we talk about is funny. We might not be funny, but the things but the, I, I the think, things Bama fans do are funny. Yeah, that is absolutely hilarious. So uh, and if you don't believe us, as as Lou Woods, my economics professor in college, said, don't believe me. Go check it out yourself. Yeah. So with that, free Bama, man. Free, free Bama, Bama. Free Bama. Free Bama. Get out of here. All right, you guys have a good week. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. We're the role players. I am Arthur Moser. He is Daniel Allen. Have a good week, guys. Bye.